Hello and welcome to another Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective Meetup. I'm your host, Adam Carswell, co-hosted today as usual by Michael Flight of LibertyFund.io. And we have a really exciting presentation, for, well, two presentations for you today as usual. Uh, the first one is going to be brought to you by Jason Ricks, who is a founding member of LibertyFund.io. Uh, Jason's blockchain journey is really what I would consider unique, and it also speaks to what I believe to be a large part of the commercial real estate sector. Or a lot of people who have just always scratched their heads about blockchain and cryptocurrency and just this type of technology and have always questioned it. Um, Michael, I know you could probably hop in here at some point too with, with Jason's uh, story, because it sounds like you were kind of the one that finally got him to listen to you at some point. Barely, barely over the edge. I kept bringing it up and he's like, uh, I don't, I don't want to know anything about cryptocurrency. I'm like, no, 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 this is not cryptocurrency. He's like, I, no, 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 we, we don't want to talk about that. Let's just talk real estate. There you go. And, um, and then also today, our, our main presentation is going to be brought to you by Adam Blumberg of interaccess.io. A really cool story uh, just on how he got into the industry and um, his background in the sector as well. And he's going to be giving our first ever live whiteboard presentation that we've had here. So another reason that we're really looking forward to today. If you're listening to the replay, uh, you can go ahead and check out that whiteboard presentation there. Uh, and I say that because if you're listening to the audio version, just go ahead and follow the links in the show notes. Anyways, let's get to it. Um, Jason Ricks is coming up here to share with you a little bit about his background um, in the industry, how he got started with LibertyFund.io. And uh, I just want to say this one more time as well. I'll remind you guys later. Uh, please interact on this call. Use the chat box. Uh, that's what we're going to use for Q&A. If you have any questions for Jason during or throughout his presentation, that's where it's going to be. And also feel free to just unmute your mic and and, and ask a question at any point. Um, with that being said, if your mic is on right now and you are not Jason, please mute it. And uh, here we go, Jason, the, the floor is yours. Great, thanks guys. Uh, appreciate having me on, Adam. You know, when Adam first reached out to me and said, hey, would you mind sharing your journey? I told him, well, you know, it's not really a love affair, especially at first. So it definitely wasn't love at first sight. Um, my partners that are on this call know I was really skeptical about the concept at first. And, you know, we joke around, but in the institutional real estate world where I come from, blockchain is just, it's, it's just really perceived in the world with a negative stigma. And I think partly because a lot of uneducated people just associate blockchain with cryptocurrency. And I certainly fell into that camp. Um, I think blockchain has a really bad marketing problem. And I think a lot of people get confused around the concept. And so the guys that I really like to follow, whether it be like a Dalio or a Buffett or a Diamond, you know, haven't really spoken favorably about cryptocurrencies. So I was kind of blindly following these experts and I just put my head down and I really just wanted to focus on what I do best, which is really the real estate component. And a little bit about me and my background, I've been in the commercial real estate space now for about 12 years. And I've worked for all different types of ownerships, whether it be private wealthy individuals to institutions. And as I kind of grew in my career, we started overseeing from an asset management standpoint, larger portfolios, uh, primarily with my focus being more on the retail side of things. So a lot of retail leasing, development, um, sales and acquisitions. And a lot of the mentors that I followed at the time, we did this tried and true concept, which is just a, a basic syndication. We, you know, it's a 506B. Uh, really simple idea. You go out and find an opportunity, a property. Uh, you raise U.S. dollars, and you usually pay those folks back on a preferred return. And, and then there's a share of the pie after we reach that preferred return. Uh, so I really wanted to kind of follow in those footsteps. And that's how Michael and I kind of started Concordia Equity Partners with that kind of message in mind. Um, my, my first intro into blockchain was, uh, you know, Michael and I, we had this idea around this fund and we had the thesis where it's like, you know, I think we could go more medical, more essential services, less retail. And he was like, I think you need to kind of understand this blockchain stuff and may revolutionize kind of our industry and what we're doing. And so he wanted me to kind of further explore the concept and, and look, 
I'm a really, really conservative guy. So I love cash flow. I love the things that I know. And I love kind of tangible assets that I can see and feel. And with my idea at the time, I thought cryptocurrencies not really being backed by anything was, it was a really strange concept for me to get my head wrapped around. So watching all the wild swings of the ICOs in, in 2016 and Bitcoin and Ethereum and the way it was marketed, it just didn't feel like an investment for me, especially with my risk tolerance. So uh, that, and then I'm also self-deprecating. I, I still own an iPhone 5 over here. I'm still rocking it. So not the, not the most tech savvy guy uh, in my life, but the, I guess the really the big moment for me, like the aha moment for me was just loving this idea of, of a security token and, and just kind of all the flexibility it generated and created for investors. Um, to me, it takes the best of both worlds, right? It, it, you have this stock tradeability to it, which is really unique. Uh, and then you have the advantages of, of private ownership um, with all the tax advantages and kind of merges them together. So um, to walk you guys through a little bit of my investment journey, you know, I, I invest a lot in what I would say traditional real estate funds or individual properties. And you're, you're really kind of married to that property and to that sponsor for the entirety of the ownership. And that could be 5, 10, 15 years uh, easy. Uh, and you have little to no say on when you get your investment back, which you just kind of took that for what it was because this is the way the business has always been done. Uh, and plus you have these really sticky things in these contracts that, that are called uh, capital calls. So this doesn't happen very frequently, but let's say the property got into some, some tough times. The, the sponsor may have to call me, one of the investors, and say, hey, Jason, you got to, you know, fork up another 25, 50K into this deal to keep it alive. So there's a lot of downsides to the traditional private real estate fund. And kind of where I see it going now, and, and I'll be honest, I wondered after I kind of figured all these things out about the security token, I thought, why are more not, people not waking up to this idea and to this concept? Um, to date, even when I look for investments on security tokens within real estate, I don't see the, the best offerings, in my opinion, just using my real estate eyes and my experience. It's, it's obviously still growing, um, but it feels like to me that it's more focused on the tech than it is the actual quality of the real estate. So um, that's why I think it's so cool that we're in this position that we're in today. And I'm really excited about it and passionate about it, that we have uh, some amazing partners that kind of um, really blend their, their expertise in the blockchain world it can help kind of merge that for, for Michael and me, I, you know, for us in our gray hair and, and, and things like that, that have been in the real estate business for a while. So um, I'm really excited to see more of these legitimate real estate offerings come to fruition. And especially with the headlines that we're seeing today, whether it be like the vanguards, of the world, the fidelities and other large institutions finally get in into the space. So um, it's an exciting time, especially for the security token area. Thank you, Jason. And uh, yeah, I think, like I said, your, uh, your story really, I believe is going to resonate with a lot of individuals who have not thought this way before. Um, we're grateful that Michael was able to reel you in. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, is there, is there any, uh, any commentary on, on Jason's story you want to share with us? No, he talks about people with gray hair and I'm really one of the only ones on the call with gray hair and, you know, but I was the one that was dragging him into the, the 20th century. So <laughs> it, Michael did a good job of, you know, he was like, Jason, you know, Michael and I have this thing. Well, it's really Michael has this thing with me. He'll just throw me books and white papers, podcasts to read all the time. So I'm, I'm always catching up to what he's doing, but he did a, he did a really good job. He was like, Jason, just read these white, white uh, papers. And then also read this book um, and come and talk to me. And so naturally when I did that, I kind of learned about these benefits and it's just, I was just shocked that more people weren't kind of interested in the space. Yeah, and I just want to open up real quick for uh, any other feedback as well. Sam and Jordan, I'm going to highlight you guys too, but this isn't limited to you. If anyone has any questions here real quick for Jason, we're, get, we're getting ready for Adam's presentation, but we got a few minutes. Um, yeah, feel free to, to either raise your hand or unmute your mic right now and, and ask, ask Jason any questions you have. Hey, Jason, th this is Adam. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk next, but I wanted to ask you, um, what are you doing, if anything, in the real estate slash security token world? 
Yeah, totally. So um, I'm a proud investor through Realty. Uh, Michael's laughing in the background. I'm a proud owner of a Detroit single family home to actually go through the process. Um, again, to my point I made earlier, there's just really limited things that get me excited right now in the security token space around real estate. There's been there's been a hotel, the St. Regis, that was kind of an interesting opportunity, although that's really not my sector that I that I really excited about uh, even pre-COVID. Um, and there's been another couple of folks that I've seen that, again, it's the multifamily space and the operators have thrown off some really wide-ranging pro formas, uh, internal rates of returns. And, and I, when I see that kind of stuff, I realize that these guys are probably don't know what they're doing. So it's a couple of red flags. Um, so for what we're doing right now, Adam, is we're just, we're partnering with, in my opinion, some of the best operators in the space, um, signing contracts with them and, and really getting ready to launch the, uh, the Liberty Fund. All right, thanks. Give another moment here for any other follow-up. Oh, I think we're good, Adam. So okay, we're, we're not afraid of silence around here. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got an expert on the line, so. We do, we do. So let your <laughs> let's get him let's get him get him going thank you michael um yes the expert ladies and gentlemen i bring to you present to you adam blumberg of interaxis.io we had a quick joke that we wanted to insert here as well i was born on march 18th adam was born on march 18th so that's two great adams born on march 18th and oh adam levine of Maroon 5 <laughs> was also born on the same day. So for all you uh, groupies out there of Maroon 5, thank you for joining us today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Adam is a certified financial planner and RIA owner with in, in Texas. He has been in the financial services industry since early 2009, starting as an insurance broker slash dealer. In 2014, Adam and Ron Dixon founded Chart Wealth Management and left the insurance business development business for independence. In mid-2017, Adam and Ron started to dabble in cryptocurrency, first Bitcoin and then Ethereum, and later into altcoin trading. Adam had to learn more about the industry and cryptocurrencies, how they existed, and spent many months researching this blockchain technology of which we speak of. In early 2019, with the growth of decentralized finance and security tokens, Adam and Ron started speaking at conferences as some of the only financial advisors to understand the space. Um, and Interaxis was started as a YouTube channel early in September of 2019 and is now a company focused on education and adoption of decentralized finance and blockchain technologies. Adam lives in Houston for now with his family uh, he's a graduate of the University of Texas at Austin, Hook'em Horns, and has a degree in finance and honors business. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Adam Blumberg, who, as I said, is giving us our first ever whiteboard presentation here at the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective. Adam, the floor is yours. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much, Adam, for the warm intro. Thanks, uh, everyone. And again, uh, let me know what, whatever questions you have. I'm going to try to go through this. Some of this is actually just uh, ad hoc, kind of uh, listening to what you guys have already talked about and what you, you guys have already done and thinking about uh, real estate and security tokens and really how um, we look at, as we call this, digital assets, not cryptocurrency. So you alluded to before the fact that we really have to get people on board with the fact that a security token is not cryptocurrency. But it's important that the, the rails that were created by Bitcoin, right? So everyone needs to kind of understand the Bitcoin rails, the idea of wallets, uh, the idea of, of the decentralized rail, and really the ethos of Bitcoin. What it tried to create was this idea of a decentralized economy, the idea that we can transact uh, on a potentially a peer-to-peer -peer basis and we can disintermediate. We can take out a lot of those intermediaries right, that are causing us a lot of the fees and a lot of the friction that you all alluded to. Now, now it was alluded to uh, earlier on that um, a lot of what, what we see in real estate, we're, we're financial advisors, right? So we, uh, a lot of times, obviously get pitched real estate investment trusts for our clients um, and, and other 
illiquid assets like real estate. And the benefit, of course, to illiquid assets like real estate is usually you get some sort of um, increased return. You get a little bit better return. Uh, it is non-correlated. That's one of the best aspects of something like real estate or some of these other, uh, I, I guess what's called alternative investments is non-correlation. They're not correlated usually with the rest of the market. And so as of course, the rest of the market is doing this. You might have an asset that's just going right through the middle and you're continuing to get income. You all know this, you all invest in real estate. But of course, the downside is at any point, once you've invested in a building or real estate or a REIT or something like that, you can't get your money out. So liquidity is a big problem. Liquidity has been a big problem for us in terms of uh, getting clients to want to invest in some of these alternatives. Liquidity is always a big problem. This question of can I get my money out? How do I get my money out? If, if I want it, and the answer is usually you can't because there has to be a, a, some sort of redemption. Uh, and, and in order for there to be a redemption, you're going to take a huge haircut because you're going to have to sell your real estate back to the firm, back to the, the management group. So where we got excited about the idea of security tokens and real estate, the idea of digital assets and not just cryptocurrency is now what you're doing is you are taking, instead of just having this crypto world over here, where all the assets are Bitcoin and ETH and all these things that we, all these assets that we think of as being highly volatile, as being potentially manipulated. And then you have uh, equities in here, right? Which is publicly traded companies move up, up and down with, with the markets, um, very, uh, relatively transparent in as to their earnings as to their revenue all those however they're can can be kind of slow moving and obviously non uh, obviously they are correlated to the market they are the market and then you have things like real estate you have oil and gas i'm i'm from texas obviously we're going to talk about oil and gas uh, right you you potentially have have uh, bond funds you have some sort of debt instruments over here now Again, you want access to all this, but people think of it as crypto, right? Because it's a, it might be a security token. However, the idea of, of taking these rails and incorporating all this and bringing, this, bringing the value that's created over here on chain is, is just huge because now you have real assets that are moving around this decentralized network, getting rid of fees and friction, and now maybe, maybe we have this light at the end of the tunnel called liquidity. And once you have liquidity, then you can really unlock a lot of the value. Then you can really have more people investing in, in assets like real estate, in, uh, in, in things like debt, right, that people just don't understand because you can create an, an asset that incorporates real estate debt and such. So. That being said, you, um, there are not, there have not been a tremendous, unfortunately not been a tremendous amount of security tokens created, especially to represent real estate. Real estate is seen as, as kind of the, the big one, right? That, that's the most obvious way, that's the most obvious place to tokenize because you're taking something that you can't get more real than real estate. You can't get more real than something you can stand on or something you can hit like that, right? This is real asset. This is value. This has income. This has people paying rent. This has real expenses. And we know how many fortunes have been made uh, in real estate. My father is in multi, has been in multifamily his whole life. So we know all about it here. But being able to take these crypto rails, right? The, the idea of cryptocurrency and, and attach security tokens has so much value to it that uh, again that, that many of you already know but now we're we're starting to see a pickup so early 2019 when we got really excited about it security tokens were getting kind of hot um, and then regulation hit right and and the reason why it slowed and the reason why all of you are kind of frustrated that we don't have as much yet is because regulation uh, became this this gray area. No one was quite sure where security tokens were going to fit. Uh, and, and the big issue was, okay, if we have these security tokens, one, 
you, you have to go through the, the same regulations, right? You, you have to go through, is this going to be some sort of Reg D type offering? How am I going, how many investors can I have? How much money can they put in? Do they have to be accredited? You had all of those sorts of issues. Then is it considered a security or not? Right. That had to be kind of answered. And then the, one of the biggest issues was, okay, how do we take all this and encode it in some sort of token? Right. And once we have it in that encoded in that token, what can we do with it? And what we had to wait for were some of these, um, uh, some of these markets, some of these exchanges to, to get their, uh, to get their, um, transfer licenses to, to be able to be transfer agents. That was the big deal. That's what, what we kind of were waiting for to be able to say, okay, we can put this token on an exchange like open finance or like T zero. And we're going to take all the rules and regulations. We're going to take all the LLC paperwork encoded in this token. We're going to put it on this exchange, and after some sort of lockup period that's part of the, these rules, we're going we're gonna to allow these exchanges now to let you in and come buy this token from me. Okay, and that is hopefully where we see this going. Now, keep in mind that that might be a 12, 24, 36-month uh, process now. Because in 2019, we all got very excited about it. We thought security token. We thought 2019 was going to going to be the year of the security tokens. I'll show you the tweets that I have that people said 2019 is the year of the security token. Hey, it didn't come out that way, and mainly that was because of regulation. Partially, it's because people didn't understand the difference between security token and cryptocurrency. And part of it was because the open finance or decentralized finance rails weren't all completely built out yet. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt, interject here yeah. real quick too, Adam, you're doing great. Um, we got roughly about what, 20 minutes left. Um, okay. real quick, what's your, uh, your Twitter? Uh, interaxis eight. Interaxis eight. Uh, Michael flight to had a, had a quick question. I just want to again, encourage everyone else listening here to utilize that chat chat box as we proceed, put your questions in there. Cause as I mentioned, we got about 20 minutes left. So, uh, Michael, did you want to ask Adam real quick before he goes on? Sorry. Um, yeah, Adam, uh, we just kind of found out over the over our investigations that um, one of the really cool things about security tokens is you could either invest in them with U.S. dollars or foreign investors can invest in them with other fiat currency like yen or euros um, or even, you know, investors, if they had crypto and were looking to get some sort of stability or cash flow, they could uh, invest in security tokens. But the really cool thing was that uh, we found out you could also choose to get your distributions or your, um, your, your income, your cash flow paid out in a different currency. So you could invest in dollars and then get it back in Euro, euros or, or ether. Has that been your experience? Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's no, it's not that much different than than any other sort of LLC and than, than any other sort of investment. You're going to the the manager, whoever issues the token, is going to kind of decide those rules, right? And and as long as you have the uh, the investment coming in, right, and then you have this management and you have the distributions going out, they can do whatever they want in here, right? If it, if it's U.S. dollars coming in and you want it in euros, right? They just make the exchange in here, potentially. That's real easy. Now, even easier is if you say, I mean, and, and you, you, someone here said they invested in realty, right? You could put DAI in here as a cryptocurrency stable coin and get paid out in DAI straight to your crypto wallet, right? So that, I mean, for a lot of people, they go, wow, now, now you're talking about super risk. Right now, I'm adding risk to it. But what this actually does is increases the potential investment pool and even increases the potential um, for uh, trading the, the to being able to trade the token later. 
Okay. I, I think it opens up a, a whole bunch of liquidity. And the, the really cool thing is if you're concerned about, you know, what's going to happen with the dollar, if you're taking your distributions out in another currency, you know, it's a, it's a nice way to hedge, you know, on the dollar. So that's what we really were excited about. And, and look, and, and the important thing to note is security token, you're not investing in a security token. You're investing in a security. You're investing in an asset. Right, and that asset has to perform, and someone has to right. manage that, re regardless of what they do. And if they decide it's okay, we're going to get more investment if we're able to take in dollars and pay out euros, then we're then then that's fine with us. Now they have to manage that process, and if part of them taking in your dollars and paying you out in euros means they're taking on some sort of currency risk, then you have to realize that might affect your return. It's not like because they, they might have to hedge the euros somewhere in here. They might have to get some sort of options or something within the, within this box to be able to pay certain people in euros, right? Because you don't want to take that currency risk, but they don't want to take it either. That's not their job. Their job is to manage real estate, right? So that's part of But that all being said, that could be part of the beauty of the cryptocurrency world and the addition of that. And we don't want to get too far down this, this path, of course, of going, man, we can make all of this crypto based and all of this on chain. But, but the great part of this, the, the thing that's really exciting about it, and, and again, I don't want to get so excited that, that we think that we're investing in a security token, when in reality, we're just investing in real estate, or we're investing in oil and gas or whatever it might be. Okay, but when you start denoting it with this token, and this token is on some sort of chain, and that chain could be Ethereum in the case of an ERC-20 token, and, I, and you guys stop me if I need to move back any, anymore and discuss this. It could be Tezos, which is you know, you know, obviously really moving far along in terms of security tokens. It could be Ravencoin, whatever it might be. But now you have so many aspects that you didn't have before necessarily in real estate or in other assets. So on one hand, I, I use, you know, I, like I said, I use my father all the time as an example. He hasn't created a security token yet, but my father's in the multifamily uh, housing business. He has been for 30 something years. And so I keep trying to get him to do this and he won't do it. However, the, the really cool part and, and the way I think about it with him is he's really good at what he does, okay? And he goes and raises money from over here for one project, not for a, a fund like you guys are trying to do, but he has to do it per project. He goes and raises a bunch of money, that money comes in here, and then he's got to go manage the project. And if the project does well, he kicks off distributions to these, these people, and eventually, hopefully, he gets to sell this project for more than they paid for it, and his investors get a great return, right? In the meantime, it's in kind of this black box. They can't get their money back out. Okay, and they, they get whatever data that he sends them. Okay, and he's got to manage this project. Now he's got another project over here too. All right, might have the same investors, might not. Now, in, in this case, he's got to spend a lot of time raising money and making distributions and appeasing these people and getting the data and all that. A lot of things that he's not the best at. He's the best at finding the projects and managing those at finding the apartment complexes and managing them and getting their, their rents up. He's not that good at raising money. Believe me, I've talked to him about it. He's horrible at raising money. He is the worst networker I've ever seen. Um, he's really good at managing these projects. That is, is where it adds value and that's what you want him to do. So imagine if he could take all of these as him, okay, and now as a fund and get to say, look, I want to raise a whole bunch of money for a fund and the reason why you want to invest in me is because I have a, a really good track record. And he can go do that now, potentially, of course, because he can create a, you know, a token. He can, have, he can have his investors putting money into his fund, which issues a, a token. We'll call it the, the Gary B token. His name's Gary, obviously. The GB token. Okay. And now all his investors have wallets and they get GB tokens, okay? And as these projects are paying dividends, of course, they're, they're paying dollars, right? Because people pay rent in dollars. 
he then just in the background has to go, oh, I'm gonna I might convert that to die or whatever and start paying all these different tokens in die. Now the cool part is in the in the meantime, like these guys, the, the way it's currently done, the only way they get to liquidate, the only way they get a liquidity event is if he sells the project, right? If there's a liquidity event, someone comes in and buys it, hopefully, and they get all their money out. It would be great if they could have some other bit of liquidity. So if they invested $50,000 and they said, look, I want 25,000 back. I got, my daughter's got a wedding. My kid's going to college. I need a car, whatever it might be, then they uh, then they might want some sort of liquidity. So that's where we get a secondary market, hopefully, for these tokens. And if they go, look, I can go sell, you know, $25,000 worth of tokens over here on this exchange. In its current state, they can't do that. They can't sell half of their investment. It's a, and the reason why is because it would be a, pardon my French, it's a pain in the ass for my dad. He's got to value it. He's got to do all the paperwork. He's got to repaper and everything, and it's a pain. But if they can just sell their tokens and it's all done through a, a registered transfer agent, right? He's just paying to the token. He doesn't care if it's in this wallet over here or that wallet there or that wallet there. All he knows is manage the project, bring in the rent, pay the distribution to the, to the token. The token is in whatever wallet. He doesn't really care. He can go about his job of managing. And if this project sells for a whole bunch of money, he can decide to make distribution, extra distributions to these tokens, or he can decide to keep it and invest in another project. The other great part is this is all on chain, ideally, right? So the token holders could, could essentially get so much data that they see what's happening to their investment all the time. It's incredibly transparent, ideally. Now, what that also means is you have to have the data. Right, so you have to have someone else, hopefully, and there's actually, I don't know if you know of the company Invenium, uh, but there's a company called Invenium, which actually specializes in on-chain data for, for assets like this. So they will go to buildings, they will go to uh, office buildings, especially commercial buildings, multifamily, whatever, and they'll get all that data that is actually pretty available and they'll put it on chain. Well, now if he could take that data and put it on chain and everyone could have access to, to what's going on with his token, which is essentially all his real estate projects, well, now you know exactly what the value is of this, right? You can, you can create some sort of algorithm, some sort of software that goes and reads all these tokens, reads all the data that's on them coming from here, and you know exactly what, what the value is. And you might go, look, I'm looking for some sort of real estate investment that is denoted, uh, obviously denoted a token, but I want a real estate investment that is paying you know, 8%, that has X amount of growth, and here's the data I want, and it'll cull through all these different security tokens. Of course, this is in the ideal world like five years from now, and find you the ones you want, and find you your own little basket of investments. And if you really want to go down the, the cool DeFi fun rabbit hole, which I like to do, and then I have to bring myself back and realize we're only in 2020, right? Then you add in certain uh, DeFi elements. And this is where time, you know, my time as a, as a financial advisor comes in because I go, wow, wouldn't it be great if my clients could have this super uber hyper customized portfolio? Okay, and, so and how now, do you spell DeFi, Adam? It's just DEFI, correct? DEFI for de okay. decentralized finance. Okay. And before we go down the, the DeFi rabbit hole, which I'm, I'm really excited about this first time, we yeah. definitely talked about it um, here. Uh, guys, no, no question is a, is a stupid question, as they say. So feel free to fill up the chat box. We've got 10 minutes left. So even if you have something like not even having to do with DeFi, go ahead and put it in there and we'll, we'll get it over and have Adam answer it before we end today. So anyways, Adam, yeah. back to you. I just want to nominate Adam as the wizard of the whiteboard. So this is fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. You're, are, did you just say that? My, my business partner, Ron, calls me the wizard all the time. <laughs> he, he tries to, every time we have a video, he, he draws a little hat on me. But anyway, I'm going to tell him you said wizard of the whiteboard. Uh, he's going to really enjoy that. So do you all know what DeFi is? Why don't you explain it a little? Let's explain DeFi. So... Uh, really, it exists on the Ethereum blockchain for the most part, although it's getting to, to other, other blockchains. So DeFi, of course, stands for decentralized finance. And it's the idea of taking this 
peer-to-peer network that was developed on essentially on Ethereum and, and giving us the ability to utilize it. So uh, from a, a crypto perspective, you know that you use a wallet, right? The wallet is, is the software that you use to hold your tokens, okay? So when you have DeFi, it, it has taken Ethereum and giving us, given us this ability to connect everyone here and create all these transactions. So in DeFi, you have lending capabilities and, and you have, for instance, lending pools, all right, where I can contribute money in here and it might be in the form of ETH, it might be in the form of DAI, whatever it might be, and I can contribute to this lending pool and I get paid an interest rate. And what's happening on the other end is people potentially are borrowing. Right. And when they borrow from here, they have to contribute. This is a smart contract, meaning if they don't fulfill what they want, they have to they have to lock up some sort of collateral. And the collateral is really important in here because the idea is we want to facilitate peer to peer lending, but we want to facilitate in what's called a trustless way. And that doesn't mean I don't trust you. It doesn't mean it, what it means is I don't care who you are. I don't want to care who you are because the relationship of my lending you money physically, like if you're, if, if you and I know each other, that relationship is great and I can lend you money and I can trust that you're going to pay me. Otherwise I'm going to shame you uh, next time we go to the country club or whatever. However, that relationship doesn't scale very well. This allows it to scale because of what it says is we can lock your collateral up in some sort of smart contract, and that collateral in this case usually is cryptocurrency, right? So I can lock up some ETH here in a smart contract. You can borrow money and you're gonna pay 12% interest to borrow that money. And if you don't pay it back, we're just gonna take your collateral, right? Because it's cryptocurrency, so it's programmable. We're gonna take it and we're gonna distribute it to these people and that's why we can keep this at a 10% rate of return for contributing capital. Does that make sense to everyone? That is like the easiest, the, the most basic form of DeFi. Now you can see where this can be extrapolated, right? It can be literally peer to peer, my lending you money, you're lending me money. We create a smart contract that binds us together. It can be where this is a pool right here that is essentially a bank, right? Isn't that what a bank is? It takes money from one side and lends it out the other side. That's exactly what a, a bank does. We just cut out all the fees and the friction in the middle by connecting wallets to it. Now, how cool will it be when this collateral can be security tokens, right? This can represent real estate now because the security token can be an Ethereum token. It can be an ERC-20 token, okay? And it, it can represent real estate. So how great would it be if you have this real estate token that, events, that, that for instance, your realty tokens that represent your ownership in a home in Detroit that's paying you income and you can go into this pool, for, for instance, and go, look, I want to borrow $1,000. I got $2,000 in value in these realty tokens. Can I borrow $1,000? i am going to wrap up my realty tokens here as collateral. And if I don't pay this back, you get to keep $1,000 worth of my realty tokens, right? Won't that be a cool thing to do? Because right now, Obviously, cryptocurrency is really hard to use as collateral for any sort of loan, and uh, real estate in investments like that are not that easy to, I mean, real estate can sometimes be used as collateral, but how hard is it for a bank to actually foreclose? How hard is it for a bank to come get that collateral? It's a painful process. This actually makes it really easy, which makes it much easier for you to go utilize that as collateral to go get a loan. So now what we see is investors might have a easier time thinking about making that investment in these other real assets. And I keep saying real estate, this could be any sort of real world assets. It could be factoring, it could be, it could be trade finance, it could be invoice factoring. And then they can use those assets, uh, again, they can sell some of them on an, on an exchange or they can use them as collateral to get a loan. Maybe they don't wanna take, pay the, the capital gains tax on it. And they go, oh, well, I'll just get a loan against it and someone is obviously going to lend me the money because if I don't pay, they can take my tokens. Why can they take my tokens? Because 
the, the company, the market maker, the, the market, the exchange that's holding these tokens is a transfer agent. And what they say is, once this realty token is locked in here, if I don't pay, this gets liquidated. The realty tokens go to Adam now, from, from Michael to Adam, and the transfer agent up here recognized it, so it's legal. The manager of this real estate, they don't care. They're just paying to the token, right? They can go on ma managing their business. They don't have to know that you didn't make your payment on your loan and, and I foreclosed, and by foreclosed, that means I hit a button and your real estate came to me by virtue of a smart contract. They don't have to know that. They can go on with their job managing their business. So you, by cutting out so much of that friction and so much of those legal issues and so much of those fees, you can actually create so, so much more efficiency in the market. You also open up more participation. You, by virtue of this, you open up internationally, potentially people who want to be involved. Now, as I say, this is still a security. It's still governed by laws. We still have to keep it safe. This is not the Wild West. It's not ICOs. It's still accredited investors. It, all of those things are still there, but you make it that much more efficient and, and you make it uh, that much easier for people to get involved, to get out, and you make it much more attractive. And from the world of the financial advisor, making investments more attractive to investors, things like liquidity, things like the ability to, to use them as collateral and get a loan are huge for investors, especially when they don't know how to find this space and they go through an advisor. I'm going to let you ask a question. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you. That was, that's really helpful. Anyone, I mean, I know even for myself, first time hearing about DeFi and you did a fantastic job explaining it, Adam. If anyone has follow-up questions there, uh, you can either one, ask now or remember to contact Adam. We're going to have email addresses for everyone in the show the notes. YouTube channel. I got, we have like a hundred and YouTube channel. on the YouTube channel now. There you go. Um, but we did have some action here in the chat box. I want to flip it over to Mo Bina first. I know Jordan was kind of helping answer a few of those questions. Um, but Mo, you, you had some questions about volatility and, and liquidity. And I think it'd be helpful to just present those to Adam. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the concerns that I, you know, tr I, I totally believe in security tokens and the accessibility to people. I, I totally uh, agree with. Um, the concern that I have when I think about that um, is if you have situations where you have like a token that's thinly traded and let's say that you have somebody who wants to liquidate their assets or some of their, to their tokens, I should say, sorry. And when they liquidate and all of a sudden, let's say as an issuer, you're a syndicator or maybe you, you manage the fund and all of a sudden there's a huge drop in the price because it's so thinly traded just because somebody wanted a quick exit and needed money, you know, today and didn't want to wait and through, um, you know, basically sold a bunch of tokens on the market. And, and sometimes that could be problematic because then other people who hold that token all of a sudden see a 10% drop in a worst case, let's say, or maybe something, you know, several percentage points. And then all of a sudden they, they perceive that maybe there's something going on with the underlying asset. Maybe there's something going wrong with the syndicator. Maybe there's a lawsuit that's been filed. And then before you know it, then they start to then that human behavior and that herd psychology sets in and all of a sudden they want to liquidate and then yeah. it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy where it continues to go lower and lower. And, right. and, and, I, and I sometimes wonder about that because one of the benefits that I always believed in real estate is the fact that we're holding private assets that aren't subject to that type of human behavior and, and volatility. So how do, we, how do we provide that liquidity, but at the same time, maybe control the volatility and all the, the negative aspects that come from people making bad decisions or acting on human emotion? You know? Okay, that's actually a, a great question because the, the interesting thing as, as we, uh, as advisors and, and consultants get in here, is you realize that a lot of the people building this are techies and they haven't thought through questions like that, right? Like they, they haven't really been into real estate and they just say, oh man, we can create better efficiencies and therefore it'll be better for the world. And you realize, no, no, there's a reason why there are certain uh, aspects to this. And um, somewhat- I do, I do also uh, want to let everyone know we, we do have about five minutes before we wrap it up. We're going a little over right now. Okay, I, I apologize. It's okay, uh, no, go ahead. Real quick, this is, here, here's the most important thing. This is programmable. So if you don't want that to happen, 
if you don't want the, the value to drop significantly, if you don't want the value to be completely based on the market, because when you have an exchange and you have a market, you have buyers and sellers. And it, of course, in a totally free market, they get to determine the price based on what they, they'll buy and what they'll sell. You, one, you can determine the people who can even come into the exchange, right? And that's actually the job of the exchange is to say, okay, your token says you can only have accredited investors from the U.S. That's all we'll even allow to view this. Okay, you get to program that. And then you can say, look, the value can't go below, you know, $100 a token. If, if someone's offering less than $100, we are not even going to see that on the order book. You can actually program that into the token and into the exchange and say we can't have that. Or if you say, look, there are a lot of people that want to get out, we'll just go ahead and redeem them. We'll be the, the, the manager will be the one to go ahead and, re, and redeem those tokens. Or you say, look, you can't sell it for below a certain price. That's just the rule, right? You so, can't so, for so the issue could have like first right of refusal? Is that kind of? You can have all those sorts of rules. In there. The same rules you would normally see in an LLC, something like that. You can have all those rules in there. Now, you don't want to make them so stringent that it essentially ends liquidity, that you don't have any liquidity. But you also can't make it to where it's a totally free market. But remember also, you have all this data feeding the value. So ideally, if someone comes in here and says, look, it's a $100 token, I'll give you five bucks for it, right? Someone else is gonna go, whoa, 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 I know this is worth at least 100, I'm gonna come in here for 10 bucks. And if it's a free market, it should you know, kind of arbitrage itself and, and this person doesn't have to accept the offer. Um, now, if someone really needs to get out, yeah, you can program in there a certain floor, or you can program in there right of first refusal or redemption, you know, for, for the first, you know, two years or, or something like that. But there's data feeding it. So people should know how much it's really worth. And if I really need to get out for liquidity's perspective, someone should be willing to pay me. If it's, if it's producing income and there's some value, someone should be willing to pay me for it. And if that someone, if it gets below 100 and I need to get out, then I should be able to redeem it for at least like $90, right? I mean, that, that should be in the code. And, and the, those that are issuing the tokens will know that, right? You'll know what rules you need in place to protect the investment. Did that answer it? Okay, yeah. Remember, this is not- Yes, thank you. We're not trading this in the Wild West on some sort of- you know, exchange where anything goes. This is uh, this is programmable. This is securities, but we're just adding the, these other little layers to it. But you still have LLC paperwork. You're just encoding it in in an electronic form. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That that helps a lot. Sure. Thank you. Right. Who else? Fantastic. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna close it out here. I don't know if you could do this one quickly. We did have the question from Daniela. Um, yeah. Can you, uh, can you talk, do you know anything? Can you talk about the ERC 721? Uh, I honestly don't, uh, you know what? We actually looked into it to launch because we were going to launch a, a token for something else and we looked into it and then we stopped for some reason. And so I honestly cannot give you enough of a ERC 721. It's another type of ERC token uh, that, that holds a, uh, that, holds more data. And the ideal reason we wanted to use it was because it made it really easy to, um, to, to like send money to it, to send distributions to it. And that's what I know about it. But there were also some security issues with it. But, but the idea was better security. Okay. The idea was the fact that it could be kind of always on and you could send tokens to it. But I, I honestly don't know enough about it to be able to give you a really intelligent answer. And I apologize if you give me your email address, I can probably get you an intelligent answer. Perfect, thank you. Yep, guys, Adam's email is in the chat box for everyone listening to the replay. It's in the show notes as well. Uh, we're gonna close it out here. Now, Adam, first, first and foremost, thank you so much the, for being the whiteboard wizard today. Uh, did you have any closing remarks on your, <laughs> there we go, March 18th, 318. <laughs> it's a great day to be born. No, man, I, I just appreciate that, that you all uh, let me come on and talk. I appreciate that, that you all are interested in this. Um, it, it is really new. Be careful with whatever you're doing. Um, hit me up if you have questions. I'm happy to connect you with whoever I can connect you with to try to progress this. But again, try to be, to be safe and secure with it. Uh, if you have any financial advisors that are wondering about this, 
let me know because your financial advisors need to know about it because they're the ones who are going to get people invested and get them excited. But the, the FAs really need to understand this. I think that's the end of, of, of my Jason, did you have something to say? No, nope, I'm good on my end, Adam. Okay, I just I saw you unmuted. Perfect. Well, well, thank you guys for joining us here today for another Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective Meetup. Uh, we're going to be coming back here to meet on Thursday, August 20th. So 2020, another cool day. Um, I want to say that we don't have our guest speaker ready to go yet, but we know that we have a nice pool of individuals to, to choose from, one of which uh, I know Michael is working his Chicago connections to get Kanye West on here to speak for us soon. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, a celebrity that we're really excited about having on here eventually is Spencer Dinwiddie, who is a guard of the, the New Jersey Nets who tokenized a part of his contract. So I know Michael's working on building that, that relationship as well as a few others. So anyways, Thursday, I, August. I, I, for that, I just want to... I did a video about the Spencer Dinwiddie token when it came out. Yeah. No, I, I want to stress the fact that if you're interested at all in digital assets or security tokens, uh, Adam's YouTube channel is just fantastic. So I would highly recommend uh, it's the Interaxis YouTube channel. Is that correct, Adam? Uh, yeah. If you go to YouTube and search Interaxis, uh, you, you'll find it. Yeah. Uh, or security token, you know, Interaxis YouTube. Uh, you'll get to him. But I, I just can't say enough about how great and how educational his videos are. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And everyone, thank you for investing your time with us here today. Again, uh, if you enjoyed today's meetup, uh, please be sure to subscribe to the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective, uh, which is on meetup.com. If you're listening or watching the replay today, you can subscribe to us that way as well. And uh, be sure to Keep in touch and get ready for the next one. Thanks, and we'll see you there. Thanks, guys.